principals and welcome to the NAESP Principal Podcast. My name is Rachel George. I'm an educational leader in Oregon and an NAESP fellow. And my name is Adam Wilcom. I'm an educator in California and a fellow with NAESP in the Innovation Center. Hey, so Adam and I, we're always just so excited to bring you all this episode of the NAESB Principal Podcast so we can talk about real ideas with amazing principles to help make your leadership stronger and more innovative. In fact, like we've already hit over 50 episodes, which we're super excited about. And I just came out of an NAESP, like Steve the Union meeting where we've had record downloads with this podcast. So we're just super stoked that you're here with us learning, leading and joining us for some innovative fun. Yeah, it's pretty fun to think about 50 episodes over the last like year and a half. We just like, let's start the podcast. Let's start talking to people. And it uh, and it starts from there. And today we have Donna McGuire from PS18. That is Public School 18 Park Terrace, New York. She's the assistant principal community of practice facilitator. Donna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rachel and Adam. Thank you for inviting me to be part of this podcast and congratulations on celebrating your 50th uh, anniversary of podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fun. So Donna, for the people out there that just don't know who you are, give us a little background and kind of bring everybody up to speed on just kind of what you've done professionally. Also, uh, just kind of maybe what you do with NASP and how involved you are. Oh, sure. So my name is Donna McGuire. I'm the proud assistant principal at PSIS 18 in New York City. It is the most northern school in Manhattan. It's a local community school. And I have been an assistant principal in Washington Heights there for over 15 years. And as Adams mentioned, I am the national facilitator for the NAESP Assistant Principal Community of Practice. So I have a question about the whole like naming of schools in New York. I went to Columbia University years ago for a readers and writers workshop, teachers college. And I kind of like got like the whole flavor of like PS2, PS3. Is there any like, do people get jealous that their school is just a number? Uh, I mean, a lot of yours is Park Terrace School, but I think a lot are just a number. Why is it? Is it it just because there's so many schools? They just give it a number and not a name. Do you know the history of that? Well, um, years ago when they started the first public school, it was PS1 down in uh, lower Manhattan, Chinatown area. And as I don't, you know, I've asked that that question many times (laughs) myself, but uh, schools were just assigned numbers, right? (laughs) And a lot of them did not have names associated with it. It was just a number. (laughs) And then they started giving it a name to to give some kind of recognition because a number is a number and we don't know where that number resides. Right. Sure. So in New York city, believe it or not, there's another two schools, PS 18. So I made it a point to start calling us the PSIS 18 park terrace school, because we are located very close to park terrace East and West. And if anyone knows the geography in Northern Manhattan, they'd say, Oh, I know where that is. But also how they do it in New York City is the, the your district, there's about 35 districts and your district number goes first. So we're zero six. Hmm. So six means Washington Heights, Northern Manhattan. Then it's M for Manhattan, zero six M, zero 18. So if you were maybe a middle school in Queens, you might start out with uh, 25 Q, Q for Queens. And then uh, a, a, a MS 
25 or is it 25? Hmm. Yeah. So kind of the numbers do mean something. Yeah. <laughs> but with the name, it helps. But if you don't have a name, it's right. Yeah. No, I just always thought I'm like every school is like, you know, name something and it's like uh-huh. symbolic of the region or somebody in no, the state. Not so really. I just yeah. was uh, I was just wondering. So let's talk about the assistant principal community of practice. What does the group do? And you're the pers- you're the practice facilitator. What does that job involve? Well, as educational leaders, we understand how important it is to be part of a community and the impact it can have on the individuals within it. Right, Adam? So the AP community of practice is really a collective of APs around the country. We Zoom to connect. We learn from one another. We talk about best practices and really whatever comes to mind. And every month we focus on a different topic. We share articles and resources related to it. And we also, during the meeting, put articles, resources in the chat, and we also include it on our member portal in Canvas, which is another perk of being a member of NESP. Yeah. How many members do you have currently in the uh, community of practice? Well, we have, I think, 169 members uh, that are assistant principals. Not everyone has signed up for the AP community of practice, but they've been rolling in. And not everyone attends, but we do have a good group. We have a core group, and then we have people that come in, float in and float out. Sometimes your child has soccer practice or a PTA night or a parent-teacher conference. You know how it goes. But there's, you know, they always let us know, and they always ask what they miss, and we always post that information up there so they don't really miss much. And we also do connect offline, not just with these meetings, so they can always drop in, send a text, an email, phone call, and we communicate. And it's been a a really wonderful community, I must say. Yeah. How did you get originally involved with NASP? And if somebody's listening and they want to get involved in the community of practice or just in uh, NASP in general, kind of like, what was your pathway? Just trying to dovetail on that first question. Oh, I'd love to tell you about it. So um, two years ago, or maybe three years ago, I started with uh, assistant principals with the Quetta Jones, and now she's um, moved on to being a principal and she's leading the early career prince, uh, principal of practice. But there was a, a woman's group, uh, went in leadership for the confidence code. And I guess a, a year or two ago, we met to talk about the confidence code and they were looking for facilitators. I said, you know, I'd be happy to do that. And I led the group. I met some fantastic ladies across the country and we became very tight. And at the end of uh, last year, last June, I got a phone call about the upcoming book study. And I said, I already bought the book. I love it. I read it in two days. And it's also by chance Rachel's book, right? As she leads. And I love it. I love it, love it, love it. And I said, yeah, I read it. And they said, well, we're we're glad you read it, but we're calling you about something else. I said, what is that? And they said, would you be interested in learning and working with the AP community practice? And I said, well, you know, I was wondering how I would juggle both. And then they said, you know, do exactly what you did with the book study. And I said, okay. So I started doing that. And one of the ladies, Katie Kennedy, that was in my book study, 
said, Katie, why don't you be a facilitator this year? And she's like, really? I said, sure. And I also wrote an article about her. You know, it was just, the book was inspiring the confidence code. And in my article, I wrote about Katie and Aquetta and um, that got published and, you know, synergy creates synergy. She got excited. She started writing articles. She's leading it. And this summer, she's also going to present at the upcoming NESP conference. Nice. Such amazing things. Uh, Mm -hmm. Great trends and themes of connecting, lifting each other up, right? Like women pulling each other up and not having that scarcity mindset. So many great lessons and morals with what you just shared. So thank you, Donna. Um, You know, you mentioned the article that you wrote, but there was another, I think it's another article that you wrote for NAESP about seven, about two years ago. And it was specifically on seven tips on how APs can master time management. And would you mind giving us maybe your top two out of that seven? Because time management isn't just something that perhaps APs might wrestle with. I think it's across the board with all educational leaders. So what are your top two? Um, create a schedule and and do your best to stick to it. Create a list and revisit it. You know, don't, it, don't beat yourself up if you don't get it all done, but, you know, start another day, a new way and keep plugging along and trying to make it happen and it will happen for you. But, you know, when you schedule things out, it, it really does make a difference. Mm-hmm. So that's one. What's your second one there, friend? Uh, let me think about it. Um, you know what? Work with your principal in tandem. Tell her or him about your goals and, you know, share the goals and work on it together. Because sometimes when you're in the weeds, you know, you need help to get out of it and, you know, take it from someone else who's another administrator and how to work that out. Yeah, that's so that's so important. Do you ever add on? You talked about building a community of people from across the country. How often do you call up another assistant principal in Kentucky or Florida or Oregon? And you're like, hey, I got this thing going on. What do you think or talk it through? Or do you just go directly to your direct principal? Uh, no, you know, that's a really good question. We're um, Clinton Jones up in uh, Conway, New Hampshire. I, I call her all the time. In fact, I know she's an early riser. She's at work at 630. <laughs> I'm in the car driving. We met through the AP uh, community of practice a couple of years ago. And we would call. We'd call each other every Monday morning. But she's like, you don't have to wait for Monday. It could be any time. Mm-hmm. And we do, you know, especially during pandemic, when we were trying to figure out how to cover classes and get subs. And we had a lot of this same issues, even though she's in a small um, rural school and I'm in a larger urban school, we still had a lot of the same issues, but we've become very tight along the way. And I must say that has been my experience with a lot of people through NASP because we're like-minded people. We care about what we do. We're passionate about it. And you know, it just, it creates an energy and you feed off each other. So I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, speaking of, let's talk about the NAESP principal conference. I knew, I know you were in Louisville last year. Are you going this summer to Maryland and why should other assistant principals that are listening to this podcast go? It is not just for people that are in the principalship. It's for aspiring assistant principals, but especially current assistant principals. Talk about your experience and why other people should go. Okay. Well, I was at a conference at National Harbor about four years ago. I loved it. It's a great conference. 
uh, location. But when I went to Louisville last year, drove down there, was excited. I didn't know what to expect. And it, it truly was amazing. There are so many quality PD sessions packed up in every day. They have it by strand. The keynotes, they're interesting, they're motivating, and you will feel very pumped from the moment you start. There are breakouts by the zones, right? So you can meet other areas and your other people in your own regional area. And we can meet up with the people we connect with during the year. So whether you're in an AP community practice or a member of any of the other NASP communities, you can connect in person. And a lot of people do do that way. Um, the vendors, there was a full floor of vendors. They had takeaways, free ideas, resources and materials. And you you, you get, glean a lot from that conference. Um, there's also an area that sells books and resources, which I was very impressed. It's so many um, titles there. And the one thing I have to say about National Harbor is that it's very family friendly. So if you bring your family, there's going to be plenty to do there. They have outlets, a beautiful town, the ferries. There's <laughs> lots to do. So. What a great commercial you have, Donna, for, uh, yeah. for the area. I, I, I tell awesome. everybody, go, go, go. You won't be upset. And then you know what? If um, Oh, and then there's CTLE credits or CU credits, I think nationally they call that, right? And, um, you know, every year schools have money set aside for professional development. Mm -hmm. And if assistant principals talk to their um, principal and say, listen, why don't we go as an administrative team? That's powerful, too, because you can hit up some workshops together, some you want to differentiate based on the needs, and then you come back and talk about it. So I'd, I would highly recommend it. And I really hope that I meet up with a lot of um, women in the Women in Leadership because I'm involved in that and with the AP uh, community practice, of course. Yay. Well, I would say your chances are highly likely to have I that. I hope so. Um, I feel like it's, remember the chance of meatballs, kid story. I feel like your chance is extremely high for meatballs and spaghetti and the whole gamut. Um, but Adam and I will be there so you can hang out and meet us. And I know Andrea and Jessica with the Center for Women in Leadership will be there. They usually have a women's luncheon. So yes, I attended. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So thinking of books and connecting and some of the different book talks that you've helped facilitate, what are you currently reading and what's your favorite leadership book? Okay. Um, I want to tell you a leadership resource that I think is fantastic for assistant principals because, you know, it's assistant principal week and we want to make sure we focus and highlight. Um, there's a research document out there for system principles, it's called the role of assistant principles, evidence and insights for advancing school leadership. And it was published two years ago, April, 2021 by the Wallace Foundation. And it is a compilation of about 20 years of research with over 79 studies. And it talks about how there are more APs now than 20 years ago. And that's true in New York City as well. The typical roles, the responsibilities of the APs, and how they're being prepared and groomed for the role of the principal, because it's not always the same in every school, right? Uh, it talks about how APs impact school culture. And if you're wondering where to find it, you can find it on the NESP website 
And if you're a member of the AP community practice and you're listening, you can find it on our Canvas portal under resources. But what I'm reading right now is um, I love trade magazines also. The School Administrator Association of New York State, SANES, just released their winter uh, edition, the winter 2023 of Vanguard magazine last week. And there are many articles from school administrators around the state discussing this month of what is still getting them stuck in the new normal after the pandemic. So each article has resources and ideas. And one example is um, an article called Stuck in the Moment, Pivot. So um, this author is giving resources to help change the mindset and keep it positive because you know maybe it's a slow start and some people are getting frustrated with it. And that's why this magazine is called, you know, what keeps us stuck. But awesome. if, if you want a fun read, go back to, if you don't feed the teachers, they eat the students, a guide to <laughs> success for administrators and teachers. That's always a fun one, right? Yeah. Thanks for those yeah. shout outs. Those are some, um, those are some great resources. Donna, who is someone that is on your staff that you would like to give a shout out to on the podcast? Ooh, um, my gosh. I would like to give a, a, a shout out to my principal, Ms. Connie Mejia. She has been an educator for over 30 years, a principal for over a decade. She's passionate about what she does. She smiles every day. She cares about everybody. And she really has developed a culture at our school that is bar none to any other school I worked in. I love my school. I love her. I love the staff. I love everything about it. It's a big love fest, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like, like you said, she smiles every day. I mean, if you yeah. just smile every single day, just, uh, just starts your day better. The kids feed off that it's, it's contagious. Uh, Hey, if you want to meet Donna, go to nasp.org, go sign up for the conference. You know, I think like I waited too long to go to my first national conference. I should have gone earlier. I went to my state conferences, which are so valuable, so important. Rachel for a long time has been involved with her state organization. I was too. And then I just kind of like graduated to like the big playground of the NASP conference and it, it will change your life. Donna is a hundred percent on board and there's the outlets. I think the beaches are closed. The weather's going to be great in Maryland. Go to nasp.org. Donna McGuire, PS18, Park Terrace School, New York, assistant principal and the facilitator of the assistant principal community of practice. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for all you do at your school and with NASP is people like you that really hold everything together and you get more people involved and you get, in, get them connected and you meet people and you're like, hey, I have an opportunity for you, just like you, just like me, just like Rachel. And then you kind of get fed into the organization and uh, it's just better for everybody. Donna McGuire, thank you so much on behalf of Rachel, myself, NASP. Everybody, thanks for listening. Happy Assistant Principal Week, and we hope that you have an amazing day. Mm -hmm.